do your research and like delve a little into yourself and like no one's saying you have to connect 100% with your your roots your heritage anything like that but maybe if you don't identify with it someone else will and that will give you a deeper understanding of their identity Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Melt Podcast. Today, my guest is Mina Kunafi, a young actress, and today we talk about the role identity plays in our experience on stage. I guess typecasting is a thing. And are yeah. you typecasted? I have noticed a pattern in a lot of my casting. What is like this pattern that goes down? Um, there's, there's a couple. One of them is like, I'm often cast as a maternal figure, maternal which figure. is like, you know, it's just, um, it's a do thing you, that happens in a lot of high school theater. Do you it's think like, it's you just know, cause like you, you maybe look older than people Yeah, it's, it's a lot about like maturity and it's just like, okay, well, I kind of look older than I am. And it's like, um, that's just, that's the spot I tend to succeed in yeah. when acting because it's the spot that I get, you know, it's like a, it's a cycle um yeah do you, do you like being typecasted or do you kind of wish you had more like freedom to choose a role it's like it's kind of a it's like a guilty relationship i have with it because okay. it's like i feel good when i am cast in a role i know i will succeed in yeah but at the same time it's like if i'm stuck playing the same thing when like other people like it, even when it comes to like race and things it's like i am often i i um I'm kind of like the token racially ambiguous person, okay. you know, so often I'll be cast in a role that's like, oh, this character is um, is a Muslim or like this character um, is Latina or something, you know, so and they go, they go, oh, Mina. Yeah, they're like, oh, you look kind of like this. You can do it, yeah. you know, like my my freshman year, the first like role I got, um, we were doing the Laramie project. I don't know if you saw it, but um, one of the characters I got was Zubaida Ula. And the only description that she had was a Muslim student, okay. you know? And um, I was like, okay, cool, a role. Like, I don't care the character's background yeah. isn't really that important. But then it came to like the costume and instead of like actually proper hijab or something i was like wearing a like a scarf like a winter scarf around my head and it was like a little bit problematic this feels uncomfortable you know it's like a little little messed up um and there were definitely like other people like not to say that an actual muslim person should have been cast instead of me it's just like there was ample opportunity to cast someone with like that um part of identity yeah you know and and that's like another so it's like it's like students and also like back told as well. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really difficult like kind of water to wade because on the one hand you don't want to solely cast someone because of one part of their identity, but at the same time you also don't want to erase that identity from the character, you know? True. So it's like you can have a character that calls for um, like like a non-white character and you can like have someone in that role but it's a lot different if it's like a black guy versus an Asian guy because there's are two very different experiences in white America and so whichever way you play that you're gonna have to think oh boy there's a lot of variables in this you know yeah true so so do you think they yeah. have like good intentions at heart and they're not really trying to do this and it just kind of happens and maybe you feel wronged. Right? Yeah, I like to think that. Like, I, I don't really know anyone's intention behind it. Um, I would hope that people are very conscious when casting, but at the same time, there's no, like, true way to know. Um, my uh, sophomore year, I was cast um, as a very stereotypical, like, uh, translator, and it was... Do you know Scheherazade, that fairy tale? I do not. It's like, it's, um, it's basically, it's like a, I actually don't know the country of origin, but it's in like the Middle East. Okay. Um, 
yeah and a lot of the characters are like you know like arabic they're very they're yeah. they're from middle east like that's that's the setting that's the genre but like i was cast in that role and it's it wasn't like inherently based on race but the way it was like produced made it very explicit that this character is supposed to be a stereotype you know yeah absolutely and it's very uncomfortable as an actor to be like if i challenge this I could lose this, but if yeah. I don't challenge it, then people are going to get upset. I'm going to get upset, you know? Yeah. So you feel kind of like trapped in this role because yeah. you want to like hold the integrity of like the program and like, you know, keep your reputation. But at the same time, like you may not feel like good in this role or you may think like, should I really be saying these things even though it's just like a play? Exactly. And it's like, and I also even feel bad, like feeling bad about being typecast because there are people like who get it a lot worse than I do. You know, Let's see, I have an example for this. Um, like I, I look a different race to a, any different person. You know, if you ask one person, they'll say, oh, you're white. If you ask another person, you're like, oh, you're Latina. She asks a, a third person, you're like, I'm not really sure, but I don't know if you're exactly white, you know? Yeah. So I kind of fall into this weird little umbrella of I'm not really sure, which makes it so easy to stereotype me in any way. Yeah. You know, like if I was not white at all, if I was like fully Indian, I had darker skin, I had more prominently geographically Indian features, I would probably get cast in one role more than any other. Yeah. But once I like fluctuate, then there's like room for multiple stereotypes that I can play. Yeah. So like in your everyday life, when people start to question like, oh, what ethnicity, what ethnicity are you? Like, where are you from? Does that like change your own like perception of yourself and your identity? Or do you kind of like stay to like a strong sense of self and like not really change? Yeah, I, I've had a really hard time, like my whole life identifying with like, any race because I've never had like one continuous stream of it. Like on any like government paper, I'll check like two or more. Like I'm I'm white, I'm Asian, I'm mixed race, whatever the other boxes, you know? But like one thing I get a lot is like, oh, India isn't in Asia. And I'm like, I mean, you're wrong, but I get it. You yeah. know, it's a subcontinent, it's a little different. But that's, that's another part of it. It's like, I can't even say with confidence that I have an Asian background because people don't acknowledge it as an Asian background. True. And like, I, I can tell people like, oh yeah, half my family's from Ireland, half my family's from India. I have different nationalities. Like I was born here in America. I have different ethnicities, nationalities. But at the end of the day, it's just like, hey, I'm here. Yep. You know, I mean, it, it feels weird to say that I don't like identify with a race, but I can't pin like one thing on myself other than like mixed. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. 100%. Especially if people are constantly saying like, you're this or that. It's like hard to exactly identify as one. Um, and it's really hard when you like, think you're maybe saying something right. And then it's invalidated by someone who isn't you, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think it's very interesting, um, especially in the United States. Like, we you often like are very careful about what we say and we like think before it, but it's sometimes it seems like when we're talking about like race and like background and like countries, it seems like sometimes we just like don't think and then we just say something like naturally. Um, and sometimes it can be like pretty like ignorant of what we say, but also it, it sometimes shows like just a lack of general like education about the rest of the world. And obviously I'm not from like a different country. I'm from the United States, but it seems like in, in some places, maybe like Europe or something, um, they're naturally more like worldly. So they have more general knowledge about other cultures and other countries and stuff like that. And I, I don't know, personally, I just feel like sometimes in the United States, we kind of get trapped in our own identity of being in the United States. And like, we don't really take the time to like educate ourselves on like different places in the world and like different groups of people. Yeah. No, I think identity is something that a lot of like Americans struggle with. They're like, in my experience, people are either like very attached to their identities and cultures and like explore them and expand them. 
and it's either like really good or really bad and it's hard to find a lot of people in that gray area where they're like they know some parts but they're not really sure how to express other parts and i think at least for me it's really important to like do your research and like delve a little into yourself and like no one's saying you have to connect 100% with your your roots your heritage anything like that but i think it's really helpful to just like know about something you know and i think that also helps you like go about your day-to-day life because maybe if you don't identify with it someone else will and that will give you a deeper understanding of their identity mm-hmm. and i think that's very important to not only like acknowledge but comprehend each other you know yeah uh, for sure like doing your research and getting information on not like just your identity but identity in general I think it can definitely help us understand each other better and like for example not make a comment that we would like you know not say to ourselves or something like that and like make sure that we realize that other people are coming from different places in their head and their life and their background Um, I also think it's very helpful um, to as a way to like get to know yourself better to like explore your like family identity really identity in in general because you know something may like click something may like resonate with you and like that can become like a part of you and you kind of can kind of get to know yourself better yeah definitely I agree with that like any conversation about like race or culture or anything like that is I think it's very difficult for a lot of people to have because we have so many like worries about like misspeaking or not understanding something that we kind of forget that you know talking about it is the way to learn about it absolutely and unfortunately that's a spot that i think we miss out on a lot in schools and definitely in the theater company like you can say we're going to have a discussion about race portrayal in a show and then sometimes it'll never happen like i did a show last fall um called everybody is written by a black playwright i forget his name i know it's brandon um brandon jj i don't remember the exact order but the the play handles like not race in particular but talking about race a lot and a lot of the characters like go back and forth about how white people talk about race and how it's sometimes pretentious sometimes very like explainy um but the whole cast was white except for me and it's like oh this is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it's like you you look at the the like 10 people that are laid out and nine and a half of them all share the same identity as the thing that's being picked apart and discussed in the play mm-hmm. but there's no one to counter that you know yeah. and so is and the play kind of about how white people deal with race type of the thing? play itself is following um a character named everybody or somebody actually and um they uh they like they're they're dead and they're like going through their life and they meet like friendship and kinship like it's it's like um archetypes of characters and like there's death there's like life there's time there's a bunch of people um but a lot of the scenes in between these big scenes are it's like four people talking to everybody and they're like discussing their life but also explaining how like people connect and one of the characters mentioned something um about like under like why did you say something like that and it's implied that it's like um a dialect that is like associated with black people and then another character is like you can't say that you're white and then another character is like oh well i'm not even white you're white but all the characters saying this were white people and all the the actors like some of them were very uncomfortable with it and only brought it up and were like hey um it's kind of weird to have a white actor say the line i'm not even white yeah when they are very comfortable in their identity with a white as a white person and it was like thanks for bringing this up and then we never talked about it Mm -hmm. 
So it's not inherently a bad thing. And the intention was totally not to hurt anybody. But unfortunately, the the end result was no one got hurt. No one was like talked to. And we put on a show without having any conversation about the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And in turn, didn't get anything out of it other than being a little upset about it. Yeah. So, so I know you guys in the theater department create a lot of plays about like social issues and like big overwhelming topics. Like, do you guys usually have a lot of dialogue um, between this? And if someone like isn't comfortable with something, like, will they bring that up? Is it kind of like a an open environment or do you kind of feel like you, you don't really have a voice? That's definitely the goal. Um, I know when I was younger, we had these like diversity meetings that were led by students of color. And they were like, they were definitely preaching some great things. And they were definitely, we made like these giant lists of um, things that we were gonna work on in terms of like opening that dialogue. But again, unfortunately, a lot of the attendance was just white students. And like, it was great that they were there and like wanted to learn and wanted to partake in this, but it totally shut out the whole demographic of any students of color wanting to go because when you went, like I know I have a memory of um, bringing up uh, an opportunity to increase the diversity in the theater company by doing like trade programs with different sports and like have them like workshop with us. We go to games, like a whole bunch of things like that. And I had a white student tell me that my idea wouldn't work and that I should just leave. And I'm like, okay, cool. I see how it is, you know? And as students graduated, the meetings died out and there's nothing really to take that place anymore. But like, we're still trying to preach open communication because without it, people are just going to get hurt. It's safe to say that not a lot of students of color um, participate, Um, which is like, it's really sad because you want to talk about seeing yourself on stage and like promoting diversity, showing that anyone of any color can do anything, but you don't get the engagement. Mm -hmm. And then there's really no nothing to show. Um, So why do you think it is this way? Why do you think there's like not many? I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I know that a couple years back, there was like a, some, let's see. It, it wasn't so much a scandal, but just like an upsetting event with um, some groups of students. It was, it was during a musical and there were students um, who were like in two separate dance groups and there were, there were white students and black students and somehow the grouping like devolved into um, having the white group prioritized while the black group was like left with no choreo. And it just kind of turned bitter and a lot of students were getting mad at each other. And I don't know details and I don't know, like, I I can't say with 100% certainty, this is the reason we have a decrease in diversity. But that year I know was, there was was like, not, not a peak, but there were more students um, particularly black students participating, but it just, it was sour and it wasn't very friendly. And I think that could have been a huge turnoff for any student in that group that was not graduating and would possibly return the next year. Yeah. And it kind of turned into a cycle. So in a way the program got like tainted in a way. Um, yeah. It's like, and, and, and it's not like the program's fault, it's not Bechtold's fault, but it's definitely um, uh, an environment that's created and he is in charge of it. But it's like, it's no one person's fault. Mm-hmm. It's like the culture that we've been brought up in. Yeah. And do you and think it's more of like a societal thing? Like, I, I know the majority of like the Academy Award winners are like white people. And you see like most of like the main actors and actresses like out there are white people do you think like the movie and like theater industry in general like kind of plays a role in like shaping that part of society where like people of color may feel like oh I, I'm not like welcomed in that like community or like I shouldn't be there I'm not that's not like where I go yeah I do think that 
not even just in the arts, but a lot of society is formed around white people. And it's not a welcoming sight to see people that have historically hated your people, like be on top of things that you love. And it's even more unfortunate in the arts because people of color have so much to offer in that, like in that um, realm, because a lot of great like music and dance and visual art have been pioneered by black artists and any other artist of color really but like when you see something that you're passionate about be dominated by white people it's a little disheartening and it's even more disheartening when you see that even locally you can't really get in with something that you love because it's so dominated so what do you think needs to change in our culture and like our society to make it more accepting for like people of color to like participate in like theater and like other things and maybe just like other things in general that um, possibly have been limited because their white counterparts have kind of taken over that industry. Yeah, I think it's just it's a lot of just growth that we need to go through like a lot of unlearning has to be done because for so many years you're taught and a society is taught that one group is more or better than another then you have to completely rewire that society because it's been built to work in that favor so it like it sounds corny to say like it starts with you but it's it's definitely helpful to like challenge your own biases and like look inward and say okay what stigmas have i been brought up with and why are my reactions the way they are And how do I feel about like this situation and what can I do to not only change that, but also let people know that are affected that like I'm 100% with them and willing to work to make that change. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Recently on the podcast, I just did like a series on like judgment and like why we judge and like mm-hmm. my findings were like a lot of the reason why we make judgments on other people and like you know say mean and hurtful things is like it mostly comes from like our own personal insecurities or like issues that we're dealing with um and there's like the whole concept of like you know white superiority like you know like the, the the racial hierarchy but i think part of that is because when like you don't necessarily feel like good about yourself in some sort of aspect it's so much easier to like deflect it and like put someone else down rather than like feeling the pain and like dealing with your own issues yourself. So it creates a lot Mm -hmm. of like hate and like judgment in the world. Um, So I think part of like um, racism in general is due to like people's personal issues being like reflected and like, that's not all of it. There's a long history of racism, but I think that definitely plays a major role. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can't speak for, all people of color because I know my experience is like a hundred percent lighter than theirs because I can be white passing and I am part white you know and sometimes I feel guilty about expressing any racism I've received because it's like it's not as serious or something like that um and it's like it's hard to tell yourself like you don't have to diminish any discrimination you face you just also have to acknowledge that a lot of people are facing this and sometimes it's affecting them more than it is you and you have to like there's no there's no point in minimizing it but there is something to be said about like understanding the different levels to it and um being able to stand up to it acknowledge it and stop it to any extent that you can you know because people's skin colors aren't going to change like that's just a thing but it's about breaking down like that bias and trying to figure out what is the motivation behind it and it's it's really hard when it's been ingrained from such a young age because you know you have it's harder to unlearn things when you've been taught them from such a young age but it's not impossible and it, it, like you said, it's very important to 
tell multiple sides of the story because especially in our country you don't learn about a lot of the nasty things that the u.s has done until you're much older and you have to relearn everything like christopher columbus is a great example because up until like you're 13 14 you're taught that he was this guy he came and he helped prove that the world was round you know you don't learn about the pillaging and the massacres and all these things until it's like oh no i had such a great image of this guy and now it's being torn apart why didn't i know this sooner yeah and we had i mean up until recently especially in amherst like we had a full holiday for christopher columbus and we still do but we call it something different um yeah no and it, it, i do think it's very important that we're acknowledging like indigenous people it's like the the problem i have with it is that a lot of it is performative like you can rename a holiday but it doesn't do anything reservations still don't have clean water yeah. you know it's like you can say all these wonderful things like oh the native americans they did so much for us like what are we doing for like, them like like what about acknowledging the hundreds of different clans and tribes that were wiped out? Yeah. You know, these remaining groups of people are struggling to survive sometimes. So you give them a holiday, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's a very murky and dangerous water to tread because like no one will ever be entirely happy, but you, you, you can't make everyone happy when you're doing the right thing usually. Mm-hmm. You know, because someone's always going to be upset about it. It doesn't mean it's justified or anything, but everyone has their opinion and people are always going to get hurt. And if you react to that violence in a way that is not beneficial to those who are hurt, then it's not going to go well. Yeah, absolutely. So do you guys ever do any like historical pieces in the theater company um, and performing arts and like telling stories of the past? Um, last year we had, oh, what was it? It was an audio play by an Indian playwright directed by an Indian student that unfortunately never got finished because of the production and just COVID and a lot of things happened. Um, but that was like a cool piece of like Indian drama history that just never got to be told. And again, it's like, it's not like it was intentional that this piece was unfortunately silenced. The name of the piece was actually silenced, the court is in session, but, which is a little ironic, but it's also like, if you look at it and it's like, oh no, the one play by an Indian playwright was the only one not to go up. It's like, it clearly was not intentional that this happened, but it still happened, you know? Yeah, and at the same time, like you could argue that it could have been potentially like, I don't know, like maybe people just, didn't put as much effort into like the other plays possibly based on the theme but that's just speculation i don't really have the yeah, full story there's no way to judge it entirely but yeah. it, it is sad that like the one time we had evidence of like like a non-european playwright getting some stage time at rhs it's like oh of course something horrible had to happen and it's again it's, it's no one's fault just that's just what happened yeah for sure we still have the opportunity to do things like that when there is stage time you know mm -hmm. and it's like I, I i don't know what has happened like 10 years ago 15 years ago at the theater company but like in my time here and in that group there has been very little em emphasis on work by people of color which is so unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, we're doing hair for the musical, which is like historically a very controversial piece. And it has a lot to do with race. There's a lot of explicitly black characters and it's, we're like cutting half of the show because it's like too much, you know? Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, it's good that we're not reintroducing slurs that have been cut out of most people's vocabulary. But on the other hand, you're erasing a lot of the songs sung by the only like black character in the whole show. 
you know? So again, there's no winning in this situation. Yeah. My personal opinion on this year's musical is that it's not a piece of high school should do. It's got so much content that is so uncomfortable to watch 15 to 17 year olds do. Like we're cutting an assault scene because it's sexual assault. Like you can't, you can't put that on stage with 14 year olds, Yeah. you know, like that's very uncomfortable for everybody involved. And you, there's two songs. There's one song called black boys. There's another song called white boys. And it's, um, groups of black and white women singing about these different guys and like how like the white women are singing about the black men and then the black women are singing about the white men. And it's another stereotype being like, um, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but you're, you're exposing people who very possibly could have not have this bias. And then you're exposing them to it and you're like, oh, is this a thing? Or is it just a stereotype? I'm not really sure how to process this, you know. And you get to sit there and you process it in like five minutes, and then something else happens. Yeah. That's not ample time to think about it. Yeah. So, what is this bias um, with these two songs? Um, like one of the the stereotype is that like, um, and like this obviously does not go for any every black woman or black man, white man, white woman, anything like that. But it's like all the black women are singing about how white men are so perfect and like their skin is nice and like they they they're all the things that black men are not and then the one about black boys is these white women singing about how perfect black men are and how they're everything white men are not you know and it's like it's clearly a commentary on like the society at the time and the the musicals from the 60s you know so clearly like a different time for a social movement. Like we have our own racial social movement now in 2021. Yes, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, than it is in 1968, you know, like they're both motivated by similar topics, but the way you go about them in the span of like 60 years is a little different, you know? Absolutely. So it's, it's challenging to be in like a modern day setting with our modern day societal problems and comparing that and portraying a version of those problems from over half a century ago, yep. you know? Yeah. I mean, in a way it's good to like show how the perspective was different back then. Oh, hundred percent. But you can't fully do that when you have to cut half of that perspective because it's yep. a little offensive. Well, it's not a little offensive. There are some songs that are very like, in your face about it absolutely but, yeah i mean I, th- I, I think in one way um controversy is definitely like a good thing to have um mm-hmm. it's good i i think it's like it's good to make some people feel uncomfortable when they're like watching something to an extent percent. Oh, yeah obviously you don't want to like of, you don't want to like offend them like too much but it's like it's yeah. good to like get them out of their own skin and like you know make them feel a little vulnerable make them feel like oh they really just did that, you know? And yeah, I think that's no, good because that show is about vulnerability. And I think it's good that you bring that up because controversy is a key part in like moving forward, you know, like feeling uncomfortable with exactly feeling uncomfortable with something is a way to rethink it and learn something. And like, you might end up that you're still uncomfortable with it, but you have a different understanding of it, or you might gain some comfort in that. And like the whole show is about like drugs and sex and love and race and the Vietnam War, you know, like it's it's all these things that were important at the time and still some of them are still very important today. And it's like in your face about it, like in the original Broadway production, actors were fully nude on stage. And it's like, look, here I am. I'm vulnerable. I'm a human. This is life. And a lot of people were uncomfortable with it, but it was also very real. And it made people think a lot about like the, that whole movement of like reclaiming sexuality, reclaiming physicality, all that stuff. But like you, that doesn't translate to a high school stage, unfortunately, which is like it's it's frustrating and it's upsetting. And I'm sure that there are 18 year old actors in the company that would be willing to do that. But you can't you can't expose people to that 
because yeah. there are underage people in the audience. There are people in the audience that would just be like, wow, I don't want to see a nude person on stage, you know? Yeah. And you can't talk about all these things that are very clearly important to talk about when the the people that are producing it like can't fully comprehend it like no one in the show is alive during the vietnam war you know and like you can read about it you can portray you can act it but it's just it's not relevant to the movement today Mm -hmm. you know so it's it's hard to do a show from like like you, you could argue that with any like period piece but that was so central to a lot of the surrounding movements, you know, so I guess it's it's difficult to translate. But what basically what I'm trying to say is, is that you can't exactly express what the original intention of the play, good or bad, is to a high school stage. Yeah, it just doesn't translate. Yeah. Yeah. And like all of these things are important to talk about. It's just we have to go in a different direction because it's been 60 years, you know, mm-hmm. different format. Yeah, no, I definitely think that it's good to show people um, new things and just, you know, tell the full story of things. But yeah, I do see like, you know, you can't show everything at a high school stage. There's definitely some like boundaries that you can't cross. But um, I think it's good to take people out of their comfort zone, especially when it's like, theater you know you're watching people you may know and you may not expect them to be that kind of character in that thing and personally something like you know made me a little uncomfortable which was good is like life sucks that was like a very very interesting um and like i'm you've been talking about typecasting i'm not necessarily i'm not sure if like you get typecasted like that but for those of you guys who don't know um life sucks is a play about you know life sucking and mina's like the main character and a lot of her role is like kind of just like blowing up and like exploding at like her friends and like other people um about like boundaries and kind of like their relationship with her so it's it seems like she like has like some self-sabotaging as the character um but i really enjoyed that play and there was definitely some moments that i did not expect and you know i didn't necessarily like you know i I didn't necessarily enjoy every moment of it but i thought it was a really great play yeah and i think that's what theater is supposed to do i think it's supposed to make you think make you question and ultimately give you joy you know like it honestly it doesn't even have to make you happy as long as you see it and you get even if you get something out of it even if you walk and be like god that was the worst thing i've ever seen which i have experienced i've definitely participated in shows where the only thing i got out of it was like wow i could have done that so much better but it made you think it gave you a reaction and you saw something that altered your life in one way or another and yeah life sucks was definitely an experience and as you saw like a lot of things happened that would probably make the average audience member a little uncomfortable. And again, this totally was not an intentional like thing in my character, but my character was the only one who had anything um, to say about like Hinduism. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is such a funny coincidence. The only (laughs) Indian character in the show is going to say something about Hinduism. That's that's so funny to me. And like, the characters none of them have any races listed in their their descriptions um it just so happens that the person that i got had something relating to part of my identity yeah and i was like huh this is interesting and i can take this one of two ways you know and again there's nothing intentionally bad about it but it's like of course i get this line yeah you know and do you feel like sometimes it's a bit of a letdown to be cast in these type of roles um, and like, have you brought it to the attention of other people? Um, I have definitely brought it up. Sometimes it's a letdown, but like I was saying earlier, it's like, I know I can do it, you know, like it's sad to sometimes not get a challenge, but it's also like, all right, well, at least they trust my ability to do one thing. It's a very bittersweet, um, relationship to it. And, um, I brought this up in my audition for the musical. I I talked about um, my experience with typecasting and like race in the theater company and like both like Bechtold and Fruf were there. And I was like, yeah, you know, 
it sucks sometimes to be typecast, but it's also like I expected at this point and that like whatever I do, I'm going to end up in one role. And it's even worse to know that someone else I know is going to get one role solely based on the color of their skin, mm-hmm. you know, and there are there are three people that got cast this year that I knew they were going to cast like a month ago because of how they look. Yeah. And like, yes, they're extremely talented people. I care for them deeply. It just also makes me sad to know that this is the like, it's not the only reason, but it's the biggest reason, you know, like this year I got cast as you guessed it, the motherly type. But this time she sleeps around, she's pregnant and she does a lot of drugs. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm the same person. That's fine. Just a little different spice. Yeah. And like, you can look at it one way and be like, oh, well, there's only like so many types of characters out there. But at the same time, you're like, so why do I end up with the same type? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. a little bit um, off topic, but have you seen like the new Spider-Man movie? I did. I watched okay. it on Monday. Nice. So there's a part in the Spider-Man thing where he kind of has like a dilemma at the end. It's like, should I make everyone forget who I am so my friends can like go to like, you know, school together? So mm-hmm. I kind of have a question for you like that. So if you were to able to like put a spell or something where like you can make everyone in the theater department kind of like forget who you are, like all of their judgments and biases and like opinions about you. And if, if you go into like play rehearsal and they're kind of like choosing roles, like what would be the role that you would love to play or like a dream role? What, what would you like to do? Let's see. It's a great question. Um, I guess I've never like, this is very cheesy, but I've never played like, a, like a ditzy like romantic interest okay. i've okay. i've um like my femininity on stage is always accompanied with like anger or cynicism it's never like um like just cool. just a woman you know like there's always something else so um yeah i guess it would be like oh i don't have a good example but just like a classic, like very feminine, very like funny lady, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like there's there's no strings attached. There's no race attached. There's no anger attached. Just a character that experiences things. Yeah. Um or I would love to play just an old man. Yeah. Because yeah. I think old men are funny. No, be and so sometimes I'm funny, so that's that's another <laughs> dream role. From time to time. Um, yeah, I because it's like that's that's another that's a whole other topic. Femininity, who even I don't know, but yeah, that's always been like an issue, um, for me, like expressing that, you know, yeah. like, um, I think it would be very nice to be seen as the the it girl in a play you know absolutely so that would probably be like the one if everyone could forget that i'm always the mom that would be awesome i mean it was definitely an interesting like overall topic for the play like life sucks yeah and um one thing that like i got out of it is like the reason why some of these like correct me if i'm wrong but like the reason some of these people like thought like life sucks is because like there was some sort of issue in their life there's some sort of like adversity or problem and instead of like addressing it and facing the problem and like pushing through it and like maybe like solving it or like forgetting about it it seemed like each character had their own little vice or way to like escape that so mm-hmm. like you know um tristan the doctor you know he was like an alcoholic he did that um I, I don't I don't think I know his name, but um the guy was wearing like pajama pants and kind of like oh the professor Jackson yeah. yeah Jackson Jackson so it seemed like he was kind of you know just complaining about his life and like it kind of seemed like that was his outlet but it seemed like all of these people who thought life sucked had their own outlet and then like 
um, Milena, she like, she was the one who's like, oh, life doesn't suck. And it seemed like she had her head on straight and like knew that there was like problems. And she seemed a bit like wiser, like, oh, there's going to be issues in life, but it's like, that's not what life is. You know, life isn't your problem. It's, it's like your experiences. Yeah. That's what I took like most from the play. That's great. Yeah. No, um, I definitely, my, my character at least was, she's very, um, she's a very emotional woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's like, I personally think it's very important to feel your feelings, you know, like irrational or not, you're feeling them just, that's it, get them out. It's like what you do after that, that matters, you know? And a lot of these characters had different coping mechanisms. They had different ways to process their emotions. And then they just repeat the cycle, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Professor, he's aging. He's feeling bad about himself. He is in a floundering marriage, you know? Like his back hurts a lot. So instead of talking with his wife, they will have a screaming match and then he'll, you know, pop a couple pills and go to bed. Yeah. You know, instead of my character dealing with her marriage, she sleeps with another person, you know? It's like, it's hard to acknowledge the issue and sometimes people can't even find it, but, you know, you, you can't escape it forever, you know? And these characters are very great examples of, um, Babs, especially like practicing gratitude. Um, like, I think that's also very important. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I do wish that gratitude was more helpful for me personally, but I still try to like ingrain it, you know, and be like, this is a absolutely. good thing. Keep, yep. keep being grateful. Um, yeah. Uh, no, um, what I was saying is um, these characters are real. They're people, you know, they ignore their problems. They express their feelings maybe a little melodramatically, but in the end, they were like, okay, it's out in the air. Let's work through it, you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't have to blame every single problem on life itself. That's just Absolutely. life, you know? It's an experience. True, true. And I think it was very, like, the overall topic was very relatable to pretty much everyone. I think everyone mm -hmm. in, in some situations have a way to, like, cope with their problems or, like, avoid them in some way. And I think that's like naturally human. Um, our brains, it's definitely like a survival thing, but our brains want to avoid like painful and like negative experiences. So sometimes we'll like deflect or like block certain things out or like, you know, just forget, you know, this is important. I won't like pay attention to this, but it really like impacts us as people. And like what I noticed in the audience is like, it seemed like the play was definitely written for like older people, but it seemed like the older people who were there like could connect with it and like could relate it to it in their life. Yeah. I think that's important to find something you can relate to in plays. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I'm very glad that a lot of people got stuff out of it. Like I was definitely very grateful that a lot of people came up to me after the show and like told me something like either they like related to something my character said, or they thought that it really resonated with their life. And like, every time I do anything like on stage, it's like, it makes me feel really good to know other people got something out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like they weren't just sitting there because they felt obligated. And even if they went in with that mentality, if they got something out of it, that means the world to me and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like, in a way, it's like, you're being purposeful you're serving others mm -hmm. performance is like a way that you serve other people and like give back in a way um yeah yeah and like quickly jumping back to race i remember talking with our music director fruth um about so like there were two um mixed kids in the show me and jackson um oh wait no that's not true tay is also in the show um but I remember talking to Fruit and being like, yeah, I can't wait for, you know, two mixed kids to start yelling at each other on stage again, you know? And it's like, it's not necessarily a stereotype and it's not necessarily yeah. intentional, but you know, like you have these two people with multiple backgrounds and they're the ones that are yelling, you know? Mm. And it's like, it's clearly not the only part of the play, but it's also like, gosh, 
again <laughs> you know it's yeah, another some, so there's some re repeating themes yeah the department yeah and it's like i know it's not the end of the world but it's and it's just it's also just like man come on get it right yep. you know like happens so many times it's starting to feel intentional even if it's not intentional you know like the whole time i've been like the the angry lady i'm the angry lady again oh i'm an angry lady with an accent oh my god it's like yeah. just the one after another yeah. and like in and, sound and of music i played like a maid and it's not at all like listed in her character that she's any particular race it's assumed she's white but like you have me the token racially ambiguous lady play a maid and stereotypically people associate latinx people with like maids and it's like a bunch of people are like oh my god i can't believe they made you the maid i'm like why are you upset and like oh because you're latino right and i'm like no i'm not <laughs> Thank you for your concern. It's just not directed at me, you know, yeah. but it's like people are getting offended because of a perceived race and a perceived yeah. casting. And it's a whole other cycle that like folds into this mess. All this like typecasting and like, um, I guess, racial stereotyping. Like, do you think there's like a solution to it in the theater department or do you think it's like something that's just like going to continue to happen? I don't think it will ever fully go away because there are some roles that have to be typecast like you sometimes you need a character to be like asian for the sake of the story like if an author wants that character a certain way they're going to have that character a certain way Absolutely. when it comes to characters without any listed things but like perceived characteristics yeah. it's up to open communication and a director that's willing to listen to you and actively change because like i know i have raised conversation and rarely have i gotten something out of it yep. you know and it's like i can't say it's no one person's fault but it's it's definitely like there needs to be effort put into that conversation and it can't just be the students it's got to be the the directors and everything everyone involved has to take yeah. stands especially the adults in a high school setting especially the adults yeah because you can have students who are very open-minded and willing to learn and adults who are supposed to be like helpful in that change you know like you can't expect like these kids to do it by themselves if you're in charge and you're like I'm the final say on this thing, but I won't listen to the people who have ideas, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. I, with any luck, I think that typecasting that is harmful to anyone will dwindle. That's Absolutely. my. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate having you on here, Mina. Um, you've talked yeah, a lot, you. of, you've, you've opened up a lot about your own identity and your opinions on race in general. And, I, I do feel sorry for you that you get like cast in this one type of role. Um, it's all right. <laughs> but I'm good you know, at it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are talented at it. And they, they see you for your strengths, you know, like in, in a way it, you may not see it, but they might be like picking on your strengths and like trying to cast you based on your strengths as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely good to bring up these concerns and like, you know, it's always good to talk about something, especially when you can have like an open dialogue without like, you know, being biased or like um, coming from a place of like hate or like envy or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I have a couple of final questions for you before we go, but I appreciate your time here. Um, my first one is if you could become the director of the theater department for a day or a project, what type of play would you do whether it's one that's already done or you'd bake it up and like what are some of the themes and underlying things that would be involved in this play you see okay um well what i'm hoping to do this year is um direct the student directed play which we haven't done in a while um which basically means i become the director for a project okay um 
like initially I would want to do Shakespeare because I like Shakespeare for all the wrong reasons, you know, like I think it's hilarious how many words he uses and I think it could be really fun to modernize such like a hated thing. Yeah. Um, if I were to do that, I would 100% cast all students of color. I would do it intentionally and I would do it for opportunity and I would do it for a commentary. Yeah. Um, if I didn't do Shakespeare, I would probably do, let's see, probably a parody of some sort. Um, either like the play that goes wrong or stupid fucking bird, which is actually by the same guy who did life sucks. Um, but definitely something that is funny, upbeat, and modern. Mm -hmm. um, and I would definitely want, um, I, I really um, value character interactions and I value actor interactions. So I definitely want a lot of um, dialogue, a lot of onstage time with other people and less focused on like solo acting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. More like interacting and connecting with people. Cool. It's a really cool uh, idea for plays. Um, so my final question for you is, what do you think is like the future of, I guess, like relationships with race and different cultures and different people of backgrounds? Do you think we're going to eventually get to a point where we're all sort of educated and more comfortable with each other's backgrounds and differences? Or do you think we're going to kind of go with the trend and kind of go more downhill? I think like I'm hopeful and wishful that one day we will see each other as just people with different skin colors. There's no connotation to that, you know, but I think like when I think of it long term, I think that people will often have their biases. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of like stigma and prejudice will carry through like throughout generations and I would hope that it's less severe you know because like like things things are not great in the world of race relations and you could argue that it's it's better or you could argue that it's worse but the matter of fact is that they exist and people are getting hurt and I believe that with our generation and with um i guess our access to communication we can start to tear down those biases and not silence like people with different opinions but have a dialogue and educate and i i really hope that one day it won't matter what you look like yeah but I, I think it'll take us a while to get there absolutely um well i appreciate you coming on the podcast mina it was a great conversation um is there any way our listeners can support you in what you're doing or what you're up to or do you have any final words you know well first thank you for having me i'm glad we finally got to record this yeah. um i guess our biggest means of support is you know preach diversity like really try to value people's differences and understand that they're just that there's nothing bad about like being different like obviously unless it hurts somebody but like really value your community and always look inward and like challenge anything that you think you know might be different and come come see the shows that we put on yeah. it's a really great time and the more engagement you get the more you might see yourself on stage and you can recommend a friend who might otherwise not want to do it you know it's important to make art and i think communities thrive off of that yeah i think that's all i want to say cool
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Mind Melt Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the link with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so more people just like you can find our show every week. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. Thank you.